Oh, hey, I'm so glad that you found us. My name's Michael, and I get to be the pastor at Shepherd's Community United Methodist Church in Lakeland, Florida. You're listening to the It's Better When You're Here podcast, where every week we upload the messages that are preached at our church every Sunday. We hope by listening to this, uh, you feel safe, heard, and loved by the God that created you. We hope this message makes an impact in your life. If listening to this makes a difference, reach out to us and connect with us either on social media or on our website, shepherdsumc.com. All right, here's the message. Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus told them, when you pray, say, Father, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation. This is the word of God from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Woo! Friends, we're beginning a new series called Walk by Faith. We're going to explore the ways that, the way that we walk that leads to Christ. The way that we can pattern our lives in such a way that all of a sudden we find ourselves looking more and more like Jesus. When we learn how to pattern our life, we find ourselves looking more and more like Christ. When you're a pastor, you get a few recurring questions. Number one is, what do you do during the week? Fair, I get it. And if they're maybe a little bit older, a little bit sassier, I'm thinking maybe Larry Skidmore, if you know that guy. Say, don't you just work one hour a week? I'm like, thanks, Larry. You're retired. So anyways, I hope you're watching. The second question that you get, and usually it's not asked outright, is how do I pray? Why do I pray? You know, friends, in a little bit, I'm going to say prayer over bread, and it's going to make us think that God's presence is here in the room. That's much less mysterious than the act of prayer to a lot of people. Prayer is this thing that's somewhere in between the Pledge of Allegiance, reciting, you know, some sort of poetry, and meditation. People, I find, more and more don't know how to pray. I only say that to tell you, you're not alone. If you feel like you don't know how to pray or why you pray or what it means to pray, just know you're not the only one. And this whole series, we're going to be talking about Christian practice. Everyone say practice. Christian practice is not Christian perfection. You know, when we practice, we are not supposed to be very, very good at it. I'm trying something new in my life. We're, we're doing a traditional service, and people have asked me, how's it going? And I've reflected to them, you know that feeling of not wanting to work at something to get better? You just want to automatically be better at it? That's the feeling that I have. Friends, that's what practice is, right? Practice is sitting up to the piano and sounding like you're murdering it before you can make it sound like it's singing. Practice is speaking Spanish slowly and poorly and with an accent until finally you're not burdening the person you're trying to talk to. That's what practice is. Christian practice is just that. Practice can't be perfect. And so when you pray and feel like maybe you're a pig roller skating, just know that's exactly the way you're supposed to be. A life of prayer is not a perfect life. It is a life in process. So we read this passage. We read Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, and we see that, come to find out, 
No one knows how to pray. The disciples, the people that we name churches and cities after, they don't know how to pray. Jesus, teach us how to pray just as John taught his disciples because we don't know what we're doing. No one knows how to pray. But friends, this is important for you to see, something that I want you to write down. A part of Christian practice is teaching others. I didn't come into the world knowing how to pray. I had to watch someone else do it. I had to listen to other people doing it. Maybe you learned how to pray the same way that I learned how to pray, which was at the dinner table. My parents would sit us down and we would, my mother was a great cook, and we'd have lasagna the size of a birthday cake. We'd have sides, you know, like good healthy vegetables like creamed corn or cheesy broccoli, you know, really just to make sure you get all the cheese that you need and like a side of mashed potatoes. I'm just kidding. We wouldn't have lasagna and mashed potatoes. That'd be awesome. I mean, crazy. That'd be crazy. And we'd sit down together for a nice meal, and uh, it would begin the way that many Christians begin their meals, with a short prayer, uh, emphasis on the short. I have taught Annabelle that if the prayer is short, daddy's hungry, right? I pray for a profession. We can get this done and get to eating, right? Those prayers that I learned were a bit repetitive, maybe a bit redundant. We heard them a lot. Uh, it was not uncommon, uh, it was rare, but not uncommon for my parents to sit down to pray and launch into the phrase that they said when they answered phones at work. Hello, thank you for calling. I mean, oh no, whoops. Because it was such a rote and repetitive thing, they felt as if they were answering the phone at the office. I don't know if that's something that's ever happened to you, but it has definitely happened to me. You see, we learn prayer by watching others. That's why we pray together as a church. There are little ones watching us. They want to know what it looks like to see their parents or their church parents pray. They want to see what that looks like. But friends, learning how to pray is an act of worship. When we learn how to pray, we offer up to God this feeling of unease, this feeling of uncertainty, this feeling as if we're not doing it right, as an offering to God. When we learn something new, it is worship. And so when we learn to pray, we are worshiping. Because a life of prayer is not a perfect life. It is a life in process. Let's start by talking about a few things that prayer is not. Prayer is not polite. We pray, like I said, a bit like the Pledge of Allegiance. We pray and we go through maybe the same things every week. We go through the same kind of check marks that we need to get on the list before we're done. We pray in such a way that we could say the prayer in our sleep. And I don't know about you, but as someone who's tried to commit to praying before I go to bed, sometimes I do fall asleep while praying. I wake up, say a quick amen, you know, and move on with my day. But prayer does not need to be something that is as rote as the Pledge of Allegiance. Put it another way, God does not need our polite prayers. God wants to know us. See, God does not need our polite prayers God wants to know us. Friends, some of our lives are not easy. Maybe you're in a season now where it's smooth sailing, everything's great, you're feeling fine, there's plenty of week at the end of the money, and everything is real easy for you. But maybe you're in a season where everything is difficult, 
where everything is just a little bit harder than you want it to be. And yet, when we pray, we pretend as if everything's fine. We're like a teenager home from high school. How was your day? Good. What'd you do? Stuff. All right, talk to you tomorrow, right? (laughs) But as a parent, if you've ever experienced that, the only thing you want to know is what went well and what didn't. The only thing you want to hear is the saddest moment of that day. The only thing you want to hear is the happiest moment of the day. And yet when we pray, we're telling God, good stuff, amen. You see, there's this belief that God never gives us more than we can handle. And if that means a lot to you, then I, I hope that you hold on to that. What I believe, it's, it's similar, but it's very, very different and important, is that I believe that God is around us when we are taking on more than we can handle. When life is impossible, when we cannot do life on our own, we have God with us. You see, when we believe that God never gives us more than we can handle and we find ourselves with more than we can handle, friends, who are we to complain then to God? But I want you to know that God is with us when we have more than we can handle. I want you to know that when you pray, you don't need to be polite. You don't need to say, God, thank you so much for all of the trials that I'm experiencing, and and I'm sorry that I'm weak, I'm sorry that I'm lame, and, and, and help me, help me, help me. What you can say instead is, hey God, reach up with your hand and pull God down by the ear and say, I need you here. Some of my best prayers, some of the prayers that I have felt like I'm in the throne room of God have been screamed at the top of my lungs. They have been prayers through bitter tears. They have been prayers that I didn't think I could say to anyone other than the God of the universe. And friends, don't ever miss out on that opportunity. Our prayers don't need to be polite. Little recitations that that make us feel like we've checked something off a list. What if instead they were our chance to bring God down and dwell among us? Because, friends, a life of prayer is not a perfect life. It is a life in process. Let's talk about another thing that prayer is not. Prayer is not wishing on a star, right? When you wish upon a star, it makes no difference. Who you, you know that one. That's not actually in the Bible. I looked. I did a Google search. I, I did a Google search. I didn't look through the whole thing, but it's not actually there. Uh, prayer is not wishing on a star. But sometimes we treat God a bit like Santa Claus or Tinkerbell, and we think, if I just say the things that I want over and over again, eventually I will get them. Friends, that's not what prayer is. That's what your Christmas wish list is. I encourage you to do that. Just know that it's not prayer, right? And when we pray, we pray in such a way that we think if we say something enough and ask for it enough, we're just going to find it. But I think this is important for us to see here in Scripture. Jesus never prays for something that he is not working towards himself. Jesus never prays for something that he is not working towards himself himself. I get to adjunct two classes at Florida Southern, and so every semester I make my classroom into a house of prayer by giving a midterm exam and a final exam, right? I I hand out the test, and you see those that have studied. They look at it, and they're like, wow, this is exactly like the review, because it is. And then you see others that are like, oh man, I don't know any of this. It's time to start praying. Hey, anyone up there? Hey, uh, help me. And, And friends, I don't believe that God hears, God, what is the answer to seven? And gets on God's holy chariot and slides right down and says, the Koran, and then flies away. 
Um, Instead, I believe God is with us when we're in the study hall begging God to help us retain all this information, right? The thing is, we ask God to get involved, not to deliver. We're asking God to get involved in our life, not to get, not for God to just deliver. I use Amazon a lot. I use Amazon so much more than I'd like to admit. But when that wonderful person comes and and delivers my faucet filter that I wanted overnighted, I don't think that that person made the faucet filter in their truck, right? I don't think they're like Santa's elves, you know, banging the things together like on Elf, you know, and and delivering it to me, although that would be quite cute. Um, I believe instead that they got it from a warehouse in Auburndale. I see them all the time and bring them right to my house, which is also magical, right? I think sometimes we treat God like an Amazon delivery person. God, bring it around. Next day delivery, if you could. But instead, we need to be asking God to get involved. And friends, I, I need to be clear. Where I'm being light and joking about wishing for God, wishing that we get answered in number seven on the test, wishing that we get you know, a Red Rider BB gun with a compass in the stock. But friends, if you've ever prayed like me, I know that some of the things that we wish for in prayer are not some trivial things. We want relationships healed. We want families healed. We want our world healed. And we pray in such a way and we feel as if God is not listening. We feel as if God is not delivering and we need God to deliver in that moment. But friends, I can just encourage you that so much more than a delivery person, God gets involved in our lives. You see, because a life of prayer is not a perfect life. It is a life in process. So we've talked about what prayer is not. It's not polite. It's not wishing. Let's talk about what prayer is. Prayer is aspirational. You see, in uh, Jesus' prayer, in our passage, Jesus asks for a few things. Number one, Jesus asks for holiness. Father, uphold your holiness. Make me holy. We follow this guy named John Wesley. He was an Anglican priest who lived around the time of the American Revolution. And he talked about Christian holiness or Christian perfection. And boy, oh boy, does that make me uncomfortable. Because I know I'm a lot of things. Child of God. I'm a Boston sports fan. I am uh, an American. I'm all those things. And one thing I'm not, perfect. I am not perfect. Ask anyone who loves me or I love. I am not perfect perfect, but I'm working on it. And that's what we see Jesus talking about holiness. We see Jesus asking for God to uphold holiness, for holiness to be a thing that we all aspire towards, that we move towards. When was the last time that you prayed that you could be a bit more like God? When was the last time you prayed that things might change for you, that you might become a bit more like Christ? The next thing that Jesus prays for, he prays for God's kingdom to come and dwell among us. If you've been here more than one Sunday, you've heard me talk a lot about God's kingdom. Friends, that's why we play the game. That's why we're here. That's why we show up any given Sunday, is for God's kingdom to come and dwell among us. What that means is that we see the world around us out of tune with what God is trying to create in this world, and we pray that God comes and makes it right. Come and fix this place, fix this mess, make your kingdom come and dwell among us. The third thing that Jesus asked for is for life. Jesus asked for daily bread. 
Jesus lived in a time when, when you were hoping that you got the next meal. It was not a given that you would survive to the next day. But in this prayer, Jesus asked for daily bread so that we might all remember that every good thing we have is a gift from God. And lastly, Jesus asked for this. Jesus asked that we might be changed, to change us. Jesus is praying that, he might not, that we all might not stay the same, that we might forgive ourselves and receive forgiveness from God and forgive all of those who need forgiveness from us. And that means that that's aspirational as a prayer. When we pray together, I am praying that God forgives me just as I forgive everyone that needs forgiveness from me. Friends, I hope God forgives me better than I forgive everyone else. Amen? There are plenty of people who have not received the gift of forgiveness from me, and I'm working on it, you guys, right? Maybe, maybe you're like me, or maybe I'm the only one that's not holy here, um, but I'm working on it, okay? When we say, God, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us, we're saying, God, see what I'm trying to do and meet me more than halfway. God, in your grace, meet me where I need you and pull me the rest of the journey. None of these are a given. Jesus doesn't pray for one thing that's expected or a given. We must pray for what's ahead because we want God involved. Prayer is us saying, God, I want you involved. A life of prayer is not a perfect life. It is a life in process. See, a life of holiness begins when we want to know God. And prayer is how we begin. This past week, I was lucky enough to go off into the mountains of Colorado with a bunch of other pastors and church workers. It was a lot of fun. I know that a cabin in the woods filled with preachers may not sound like a lot of fun to you, um, but I promise you we get infinitely more fun when we get off the pulpit, right? Um, it was a lot of fun, and I'm very grateful for it. I got uh, used to the heat and the altitude the day that I left. Uh, it was a touch and go there for a little while. But while we were there, we went on a hike. I love hiking. Um, I don't do it in Florida because y'all is hot. And also trails of Florida, it's like, oh, look, another palmetto. Oh, look, another alligator. It's humid here. <laughs> and then four hours later, you go to Publix. Anyways, um, that's, you know. But when you hike in Colorado, there are so many things to see. We hiked across a river. Uh, we saw holes in the ground from gophers that must have been the size of Volkswagen beetles. They were huge. Um, I saw an elk skeleton bleached in the sun, which was rad. I saw a cabin that had burned down, and I didn't go inside of it because that would be dangerous. And uh, my wife is here. But, uh, and, um, and I didn't get tetanus, and it was so cool, and I got to climb mountains and feel mountain breezes. I got to see Christmas trees bigger than this building and, and smaller uh, than, than me, and it was so lovely, so beautiful. When we uh, walked back, um, we had to jump across the river, and I've got a great uh, leap, and I landed about a third into the river, and it was really, really, really cold, and it was amazing. I'm not saying all this just to make you jealous, although I'm sure it's working. All of that started because I left the front porch. Someone said, hey, let's go on a hike, and if I had stepped out the front door, looked around and said, this is a porch, this is lame, and gone back inside, I would have missed all of that, friends. Prayer is the first step onto the front porch. And sometimes when we pray, we feel like we're talking to ourselves 
and we head back inside. We shut down that line of communication between us and God, and we miss out on all of the beauty and the adventure ahead of us. A life of prayer is not a perfect life. It is a life in process. Prayer is a conversation. You see, we as human beings, we want to reach out. We want to be heard. We want to connect with someone. I, my, uh, when I was 20, my dad passed away. So 14 years, my dad's been gone. And just the other day, I thought, I'd like to call him. I, it's, it's this thing. It's so strange. I, I miss him every day, but, but it's getting easier. You know, 14 years later, grief has changed for me. But the thing that has never changed is I want to give him a call. What is that? I think that's the human nature of us. We want to be heard and we want to hear. I'd give anything to hear his voice. I'd give anything for him to hear mine. Why don't we treat prayer that way? Why don't we say, I would give anything for God to hear my voice and I would give anything to hear God's voice? I would give anything for God to hear my deepest desires, my biggest regrets, my biggest fears, all of my pain, and I want to hear God's love for me on the other line. A life of holiness begins with a phone call. Just like all good conversations, we must also listen. Confession. Sometimes my prayer life is like an excited seven-year-old at Disney World. Well, first we got a Dole Whip, and then we went on, and we got a churro, and then we rode on Thunder Mountain, and then we rode on Space Mountain, and then we walked across all the place, and it was really, really hot, but it was really, really fun. And then God help you if you can get a word in edgewise, right? Has anyone ever been around an excited seven-year-old? Maybe this tall, blonde, long hair? Hmm? You know what I'm saying? It is hard to get a word in edgewise. Friends, sometimes my prayer is just like that. God, help this church, help me, help my friends, help my family, help me to understand your love, help me to understand this world around me, help uh, the people of Israel, help the people of Gaza, help the people of Palestine, help the people of France, help the people of anywhere, help the people of Maine. God, here's my burden, here's my burden, here's my burden. See you later, amen. How often do we pause to sit and reflect and listen? Every week when we pray together, I have us put our feet flat on the ground and take a deep breath in. Friends, was that the last time you sat in silence? Will you go another seven days before you sit in quiet and listen to nothing and everything all at once? Friends, prayer is a conversation. And a life of prayer is not a perfect life. It is a life in process. See, friends, prayer changes things. We change. When we disrupt the busyness of life to pause in prayer, we pause the world around us. We change. When we reflect on the things that we need, the things that need to change in us, the things that we need to help change, we become different. And friends, the world changes around us. When we pray for peace, when we pray for reconciliation, when we pray for things that seem impossible, just watch the world change. The Bible says that the prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Availeth much. I mean, friends, what if we really believe that? What if we really believe that as we pray, the world changed around us? I think that the world might be different. And friends, as your pastor, know this. When we begin to pray, our church will change. I told you this morning that we had 31 and not 30 in traditional worship. Know that that is the result of prayer. Not just of me, although I pray for you all all the time, 
but of the leaders of this church, the people invested in this church. You cannot tell me that all of the wonderful experiences, the joyous fun that we've had over these last two and a half years would ever be possible if it were not for the faithful love and prayer of the people gathered in this room and watching online. I wouldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. The people saying amen and hallelujah here in the space and at home during the week, praying for me, praying for the leaders of this church, it would not be possible if not for the power of prayer. We're asking God to get involved. And then God shows up. A life of prayer is not a perfect life. It's a life in process. There are so many things that prayer is not, but what it can be is worth our courageous first step. Friends, take a step off of the front porch. Begin to pray today. Make it a habit. Oh, and friends, just see, just see how God will show up. Let's pray together. All right, friends, I hope you heard something in today's message that made an impact in your life, helped you know that you're loved by God, and inspired you to do something about the gospel that is offered to you. Now receive this blessing as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.